Hello and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. And in today's episode, we are talking all about time management when you're a modern therapist. I've had so many requests for this topic, and I think we can all relate to feeling like there's just not enough time in the day or feeling like we're not utilizing our time the most in the most effective way possible. I invited Mary Beth Somick onto the podcast. You may know her from social media at Your Journey Through. In this episode, we explore things like how to conquer notes and treatment plans without getting overwhelmed, boundaries geared towards productivity and work-life balance. We share our tried and true tips, tricks, and time hacks that have supported us in creating schedules that really reflect our values while also protecting ourselves from burnout and getting all the things done that need to get done that go into owning your own business or running a private practice. I'm so excited to share her story with you and this episode with you. So not only is Mary Beth now a colleague and friend, but I first met her as a student of my Modern Therapist Academy. So Mary Beth was one of the first to enroll in my private practice e-course, Modern Therapist Academy. This is my comprehensive online course to support therapists interested in starting, launching, growing, or scaling their private practice. This course is the roadmap I wish I had when I first started off. So the course is filled with a few different modules and lessons. There's even like tutorials in there, just kind of walking you through step by step. In the first module, we explore things like your business vision, honing in on your niche, your ideal client. So even if you're established as a therapist, which I've had many therapists who already have established businesses go through the course and they find it really helpful when they're looking to make a pivot or they're really wanting to expand on a specialty or really begin to target to another client population, or maybe there's just some loose ends in their business, like protecting their business or forming an S corp that they haven't done yet that they really want to do. Or maybe they're just looking to modernize their business and introduce teletherapy or get on social media and create really engaging content to support marketing their business. Or maybe they're looking to diversify their income. Or maybe you're feeling really burnt out and you know that something needs to shift. There's a whole module in there all about that. So I really believe that this course is for anyone who's just starting off or somebody who's maybe established but looking to make a change. One of my favorite parts of this course though is the private Facebook community where we get to all more deeply connect and share resources with each other and referrals with each other. And as you're going through the course, asking questions, I hop on live there with those therapists and explore different topics. I love that private community where we really get to connect more deeply. The course is launching March 25th and enrollment will be open for 10 days. I'm also launching on March 25th, my podcasting for therapists mini course. It's mini, but it's comprehensive and it gives you everything you need to know step-by-step from beginning to launch in terms of how to get your podcast off the ground, even tutorials on how to edit your episodes. I'm so excited to get these two things opened for you to join and to welcome more modern therapists into our community and into the course. 
All right, you ready to get to the episode about time management? I'm really excited. I know you're going to love everything that Mary Beth has to offer. Let's jump in. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. Hello, Mary Beth. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to get a chance to cover this topic with you and just get a chance to connect with you. Um, You're actually, I think, the second Modern Therapist Academy student who's been on the e-course. Well, so no, maybe the third because Lisa, my friend Lisa Oliveira also went through the course and she um, is was also on the podcast, but I'm so grateful to have connected with you through you signing up for that course and to get a chance to talk with you today about time management, which I just know so many clinicians either struggle with or are always looking for like new tips and tricks or tools around. So I'm just really grateful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat all things time management today with you. Yes. So maybe you can share with us a little bit about your background and some context and what brought you to do the work that you do today. Sure. So I'm a licensed professional counselor. I work primarily with teens and young adults, and I specialize in family dynamics. So with that comes a lot of anxiety, boundary setting, and relationship work. Um, I've probably known I wanted to be a therapist since high school. I used to dip into the library and read Psychology Today magazines and just try to understand everything I could about behavior and um, the choices that other people make. And let's see, population-wise, I've worked in the foster care system um, with children and mothers who are victims of domestic violence. I've done some intensive in-home work and then All of that has kind of brought me into the decision to go into private practice. So that really aligned with my own vision and values, which you talk a lot about in your Modern Therapist Academy course. So Mm -hmm. I did that and now here I am. And I have my own private practice in Wake Forest, North Carolina. It's called Your Journey Through. And because I enjoy private practice and working with other therapists and wellness professionals so much, I've also started offering consulting for therapists. Um, So I've had some requests for it and found I really loved it. So that's kind of a new thing that I've gotten into recently. It's been so fun after connecting with you when you um, enrolled in the course to watch your own growth, especially through social media. Um, because obviously that's what I get access to in terms of like your day to day. And I know there's all obviously so much else that goes into your practice, but to sort of see how you have honed in on your voice and your branding and like brought all those things together. And it's just been so fun to watch. I love the content you put out there and you have a really, you've really been able to have a clear voice um, and I don't know, whenever I see something, if I'm scrolling, I know that it's yours because um, it really, it it, it does. It's, you really have honed in on like what your voice and brand are um, through social media. And I, I hope that that's been helpful for you in terms of growth in your own private practice. And it sounds like um, maybe also helped you in diversifying your income through consultation work. 
Yes, absolutely. And that means so much. Um, you've, I just started getting on social media this past summer and I know we connected then. So you really have been there through it all. And I think the Modern Therapist Academy really helped me kind of tune in and focus in on my voice and my specific niche and all of those things. Well, that like hearing those words is like music to my ears. It just all the work that went into it, it makes it so it's so nice when you get to actually connect the people who are going through the course and then mm-hmm. actually seeing like what they do with that information. And it's just been so wonderful to watch your journey, um, at least through social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're here today to talk about time management. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey with navigating time management? management as a therapist in private practice? Absolutely. So at first, I was pretty terrible at it. (laughs) I just simply didn't know what I was doing. I'd never been a business owner before. And I think that's a very normal learning process when you first enter the world of private practice. So I just first want to normalize that for everyone that's just starting out. Um, I was doing things like emailing clients my availability and asking what worked for them and spending far too much time on notes treatment plans and sometimes working on the weekends. And so looking back, I'm really thankful that that's changed and shifted. I think for me, it was a process of identifying this is not working and I'm not enjoying this. It's not aligning with my values. I need more boundaries and new systems in place. So I'm really excited today to share what I've found to really work for me and hope that maybe some other therapists can make similar things work for them too. Yes. Okay. So let's just dive right in. Like, what are some of the systems that you've put in place to support you? And I love that we're talking about values here um, in, in aligning with your values so that your schedule reflects your values, right? And you're not spending so much time in your inbox, you know, doing the like emails back and forth and scheduling spending, spending, you know, having client notes like drip into the weekend if you're not working on the weekends. Mm -hmm. What are some of these things that you have put in place to support managing all that? Yeah. So my best advice is to first think about what you hate <laughs> and then kind of work <laughs> yeah. So do you dread going into the office on the weekend? Do you despise working until 9 p.m.? Do you dislike waking up early? I think that's how you determine what you value and what's going to be ideal for you. Mm, yes. And taking that and then considering how it aligns with your client population, your ideal mm-hmm. client population. Mm-hmm. So for example, I see teens and young adults and many of my teens are in school or they're anxious about missing school for an appointment. Right. <laughs> so I primarily work after school hours because it aligns with my client population and their schedule. But it also works for me because I am absolutely not a morning person. <laughs> so <laughs> I know personally that I'm my best therapist self later in the day. Yes. Yeah. And I think boundaries are also really crucial in making this decision. And I encourage therapists to be firm with them because mm-hmm. as helping professionals, we're often very heart-centered and empathic. So there's this tendency to bend a little easier. Yeah. But we're also business owners and it's on us to create that time structure and and give ourselves permission to turn off when we need to. So it's this consistent push and pull between wanting to be there for our clients and having a thriving practice and honoring our limits 
when it comes to uh, Yes. I mean, and if I, if I am bending and I've been bending for a while, that's going to be a road to burnout. Yeah. And when, when I'm burnt out, like I'm not showing up as the therapist that I want to be showing up as. And yes, like I'm empathic and I want to, like, I'm a helper at my core, but if I'm burnt out and like resentment starts to like seep in for that client that like mm-hmm. is you know used to me saying this is an opening that I'll make available to you even though it doesn't align with like what actually feels right for me and my own boundaries and my values, that's not going to be good for our work either, right? And so, yeah, so I know I'm totally in in alignment with you on this. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, I think that people tend to compare each other's schedules, um, especially in private practice, trying to figure out like, I mean, so many therapists will reach out and say to me, like, I just feel like in private practice, I have to see clients in the evening or on the weekends because, you know, that's what you do. And, you know, I tell them, okay, but if that like that may that may work for someone like you, Mary Beth, because that's like when you are like at your best and it aligns wonderfully with who your ideal client population is. But for instance, like for me, I I do not want to be in my office like after five at the latest 5:30. And I don't want to work on the weekends. And so Luckily, my ideal client population typically can work around that because a lot of them are um, new moms or on maternity leave. But I have tons of clients who work attorneys, physicians, um, teachers, nurses who work full time nine to five. And if I will offer them what I have available and if it does not work for them, most often, if it's the right fit, people will find a way to make it work. But if it doesn't work for them because, say, missing school or missing their work actually produces more anxiety and or it's just not going to work for their schedule, for example, then then that, then that we know the answer. We know that like this is a piece that's not going to be a good fit and I will offer them other referrals. And I think that if I have that like sort of scarcity mindset that I need all the clients and there aren't enough clients, that's when I start to seep into that, um, you know, bending my boundaries and like getting stuck in a schedule that just does not fit my values and my needs in my life. And oh, that's just such a road trip to burnout. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And in terms of scarcity mindset, I mean, sometimes it does come down to the dollar signs and wanting to make money and getting more yeah. clients. But I think one of the things that's helped me is I actually rent my office out during the day um, to a couple uh-huh. therapist who likes to see couples during the day and they can often see her during the day. So, um, and someone who wanted to work during the day could rent their office out at night. And so there's that to kind of ease some of that as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you said, what is the part of, you know, your day that you hate or the work that you hate to do? And I know for me, it's the administrative stuff. So it's the client notes. Um, I'm an outer network provider, so I don't necessarily have to deal with insurance billing, but I do um, have to write up uh, super bills for my clients so that, that they can, you know, send those super bills for insurance for their own reimbursement. So those sort of things and the emails. So how do you manage the administrative stuff? Yeah. So I think notes for me, what were 
a big challenge, especially when I first started out. And I see this with many therapists struggling to stay on top of their notes. I've even recently on Instagram seen a few memes about it in the therapy <laughs> world. And I empathize so much because my first two years and or my first year or two in private practice, I had a terrible system. And like I said, it left me playing catch up on the weekends. And I realized that part of that was my own perfectionism and even a little mm. bit of anxiety that I might leave something out of those notes and that they had to be so thorough and comprehensive because when I used to work with kids more often, I was actually subpoenaed a few times. So that experience drove some of that anxiety and perfectionism. But at one point I, I examined how much time I was putting into paperwork, especially notes, and the fact that 98% of the, that time I was the only one reading them. <laughs> and so that gave me a little bit of freedom. I really appreciated your Instagram stories this past week on note taking because yeah. really great examples of simple templates that can be filled out in 10 minutes or less. And I've really committed in the past year or so to finishing or attempting to finish my client notes in the 10 minutes that I leave in between appointments. And that's been a major game changer. I feel so much more freedom. And occasionally, you know, I have to eat or use the bathroom in those 10 minutes and can't get to them all. But I, I mean, it's taken so much weight off of me. And I've noticed that I think my notes are better because I'm still connected to the session at right right afterwards. And so I can access more vivid examples and details that make for a better note overall. And, and this is huge. I can have my weekends back. <laughs> oh, so huge. Yes. Okay. So I know that like one of the things that if like, because those 10 to 15 minutes between clients are critical, right? Like they are so necessary for different reasons, whether that's because you're using that time to go in and like do your notes and have like a really quick and easy template that you use um, that supports that process for you, or you need like a breather. Like I know for me, I, I need to like I need to breathe. I need to go to the bathroom, especially now that I'm pregnant. (laughs) I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom, like between all my clients. I need a snack, especially now that I'm pregnant. And so one thing that like, you know, because those 10, 15 minutes are so precious, whether you're doing notes or you're giving yourself that like breather or you're giving yourself that break to run to the bathroom or eat something, I have to I, I have to hold a boundary in session with my clients. And I know that that's so easy for, you know, to end at like the, you know, 52 mark or like at, you know, if your session started at nine, at 9.53, right? Like, but those three minutes are precious. And so I have gotten so much better at like five to 10 minutes before the 45 minute mark. To share with my, just to make a comment of, we're coming here towards the end of our time. And it's setting the stage that, like, what we're doing now is we're gonna be wrapping up. And I am like on it when it comes to that boundary. Um, obviously, there are times when um, a crisis situation comes up, and then that has to, that has to be dealt with in an appropriate manner. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm doing I'm doing enough assessment during session that that's going to come up much earlier, and I'm setting those boundaries. Like it is so so critical, like to hold that boundary in session so that you actually have that time and space. Absolutely, and I found that since I've been committing to using those ten minutes to try to complete the note as best as I can, I'm more 
I guess, consistent with that boundary, right? I'm yeah, like, hey, I need that 10 minutes and I'm, I'm less flexible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I end up enjoying the work better when I know that I get that break when I am holding that boundary. And that's good for my clinical work as well. And that's good for my clients at the end of the day as well. Yeah. So I find that I do my best notes first thing in the morning. Like I am a morning person. And so I, because especially now that I'm pregnant, like in between sessions, I actually, I need that time to go to the bathroom or to eat something. I mean, I can eat while I'm doing my notes, but like, I just, I need, I need, and I've been really tired during the first trimester up until like really this week. And so I need just that space. Um, So what I've been doing is I come into my office like 30 to 40 minutes early every day and I will complete my notes during that period of time. Just because for me, that's when I am able to be like the sharpest and just the quickest at those sort of things, at the administrative stuff. And um, yeah, and having templates in place has just made things so much easier. Looking, using, utilizing electronic health records, I use simple practice and just being able to pull in a template and pull in last week's note and make quick little edits has decreased my time doing client notes so much. Um, and I actually have a new bonus in the Modern Therapist Academy um, all about client progress notes and like where I share the template and I share exactly like how much information I include and like words that I use. And I just, because I, it's been such a pain point for me in the very beginning, it really was. And I know it is for so many clinicians, uh, but if, and if anybody's interested in kind of seeing what some of those ideas were that you shared um, in terms of the Instagram stories that I just shared this week, where I asked other therapists, what are you using? Um, if you go into the at Holding Space Therapist social media account under the Instagram story highlights, there's one called notes and they're all saved there so that people can see what other people are doing in terms of how much they're including and what kind of like prompts they're using in their notes. Um, Cause there is a lot more out there besides just some of the standard um, like soap, like for instance, the soap note, the S O A P note that a lot of people um, typically are, are trained in or are utilizing. Yeah, I think that's an excellent time hack for therapists. Yes. Okay. So there's other pieces. So there's emails, there's the like scheduling stuff, there's also marketing and like carving out time and space for like social media, if that's what you're using or other marketing stuff. So how do you tend to integrate these other elements into your work week? Right. So first, I think an online practice management system is vital. And you mentioned you use simple practice. So do I. And I actually use my simple practice calendar and integrate it into my personal calendar so that everything's Mm -hmm. in space. I think that helps me a ton and helps me understand how much time I have to commit to other things or not. Um, Also, client self-scheduling. I was so nervous to commit to client self-scheduling because I like to have that element of control with scheduling them myself. I would take the first scheduled person of the day and then I'd offer others appointments around that appointment to fill around it consecutively. So my time at the office was limited. 
And that worked for a while, except I was spending a lot of time emailing people my availability constantly. And so I finally bit the bullet and decided I would block schedule my time and open up online scheduling for a six-hour window, Monday through Thursday, because let's be honest, six clients in a day is enough. (laughs) And this, I I understood that this meant there's a possibility that on any given day, I could have a client schedule at two and another at seven, and there'd be an awkward gap. Um, But Mm -hmm. what I actually found happened was that the spot started filling so much faster. I was doing less emailing and it also gave me the structure that I didn't even know I needed regarding when I would be at the office and when I wouldn't because I have a free hour in that time block. If someone has a late cancel or reschedules, I'm already at the office. So I'm doing something related to work and I'm more productive in that way. So that block, I've just, in my mind, totally dedicated to work, clients or no clients. Mm, Yeah. So the boundaries are just already there, like in terms of what your set schedule is. Do you find that, so how do you manage that with clients? So at the end of a session, do you actually schedule with them at the end of the session for their next session? Do they leave and then they go on um, that day or the next day or at some point to schedule? How do you manage that piece? Yeah. So I offer to schedule with them at the end of the next session, but many of them, honestly, since I've started online scheduling, will book weeks in advance. Um, So their next appointment is likely to already be booked. So that's been really nice too, because it helps me see further out in my month what what schedule looks like. Yeah, no. And that feels okay. That I really, I really, I really appreciate that because I know that there are, um, there's some, there's some therapists that have asked me about like, you know, having scheduling like packages, like where they basically like schedule out and they have packages and they kind of, and clients pay up front for those sessions. And Mm. I've shared with therapists that at least in my state and my license, that's not something we can be doing uh, because clients need to have the agency to decide if at any point they want to no longer be in therapy and a package kind of locks people in um, and doesn't give them that agency. Um, But in what you're describing, this is a way for you to have some sense of like what you can expect in the coming weeks, even some like security of like what, you know, what you're going to be bringing in that week because clients are scheduling out and you kind of know what to expect, but the client still has agency to schedule themselves and or to cancel themselves if for whatever reason that needs to happen for them. Exactly. Yeah. I've really enjoyed making that shift over and I can't tell you how much time it has saved me (laughs) not having to email with clients back and forth about availability. And the other issue that would come up sometimes is people would request the same appointment via email and then I have to kind of work that out. So now that takes that issue out of the equation. Yes. Okay. So what about um, the marketing piece? So you being, you know, time spent on like, if you are utilizing social media as a marketing platform, for example, how are you carving out that space? Because I know that one thing that other therapists will often say is like, okay, I'm on social media or I'm ready to step into that space as a clinician to either market my practice or market some of my other offerings um, or just to grow community and connect. And I don't know. It's a time suck, right? Like 
Instagram, social media can like suck you in and just like so much time can go by and it might be mindless scrolling or not like really intentional time spent and it can just take up so much space and or you can just like post and get off the app because that's your, you know, you have big boundaries around it. You just don't have the time and space for it. And unfortunately, um, if if your intent and if your why on social media is about making connections to support your business and you really are wanting to grow in that arena, unfortunately, we can't just post and ghost, right? Like we have to actually stay on and stay connected and engaged very intentionally um, for a certain period of time, especially around the time that we're posting or sharing something. So how are you navigating that in terms of your schedule? Because I know that that is something that you are utilizing as a marketing platform. Yeah. So boundaries around this have been entirely crucial. I When I started getting on Instagram last summer, oh, <laughs> it was absolutely a time suck. I didn't really understand the commitment I was making at the time. And anytime I felt inspiration to post, I would do that. Um, But I was just spending too much time going back and forth. And so when I discovered posting apps like Plan, Planoly, or Tailwind, where it allowed me to schedule out posts for a couple weeks or longer, um, that was a major game changer because I could relax and not kind of have that over my head, like, oh, I should be posting more this Mm -hmm. week, already scheduled. And so using those, I actually have reserved my Fridays because I'm in office Monday through Thursday for content creation and also any other creative projects I'm working on. So Mm -hmm. um, pretty much anything creative that's not seeing clients, notes, things like that. So that has helped me a lot to compartmentalize that work and have a time Mm -hmm. and a space for it that isn't interfering with me every day and feeling like it's hanging over my head. Yes. So I do the same thing. Um, So I really believe in batch working Mm -hmm. um, because like you, in the very beginning, I was, you know, on a day that I was seeing clients all day, I was like, oh, I haven't posted anything and I should because I wanted to be connected through social media at that point in time. And I had some, you know, really clear intentions of why I wanted growth there because I had a podcast I wanted to market. I had courses that were going to be coming out that year. But (laughs) it is, oh my gosh, it was like, crazy making because I would get inspired um, or have no inspiration at all and just be like, oh my gosh, like trying to put something together. Mm -hmm. And then I would need to either find an image to share along with the like caption that was, you know, articulate (laughs) and or need to create something on Canva that, which typically was the case. Um, I think a lot of therapists tend to share posts that are much more like um, graphics, right, with some sort of words or branding and images kind of brought together. And so then I'd have to create that. And that was like taking up all the space <clears throat> during those in-between moments, in-between clients. And it just, it was too, it was too much because it was, it was not there wasn't like a lot of intention and thought going into it ahead of time. It wasn't planned. And so my, my, my time management was just insane and it was just not working and I was getting super burnt out from all of it. And so 
what I ended up doing, similar to you, is I carved out like space in my schedule where I do not see clients and I batch work. Mm-hmm. Batch working has like changed my life. So I have like, you know, right now, for instance, today's Friday. Today I do creative stuff such as record podcast episodes and work on social media content. Um, and I work on it like a few weeks out in advance. And yeah, I think that those apps such as Plan, P-L-A-N-N or Planoly, P-L-A-N-O-L-Y are great for being able to schedule posts. Um, and I also I have a virtual assistant that I got to the point where I was able to hire and she actually posts for me because there are times when I do want to post because it's maybe a good time to post where you tend to get more eyes on your posts or engagement, but that's a time when I'm seeing clients. And so she now posts for me and for a period of time will engage for me. And now, and then I will then hop on later on during like a time that I've actually set aside for Instagram because I do treat it like part of my job now. It really does. um, It really has contributed to the diversification of my income. And so I do treat it like it is actually part of my job. So I'm very intentional in getting on, engaging, hopping on stories. But it's not just happening like whenever, whatever. Um, And sometimes that does, right? Like because I just have time and space and I feel inspired to hop on. But a lot of times it is very intentional. It's been planned ahead of time. It's been planned weeks in advance, right? Of like what I'll be sharing that day, why, what's coming up, when I'm going to be hopping on stories, when I'm going to be engaging. And I am treating it like it's part of my job. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not the case for everyone. Like for, for not everybody is utilizing social media in that same way. In the very beginning, I was utilizing social media as a way to really just build local community because I had support groups that I wanted to market and I wanted to build my local practice. And so that like that kind of engagement and growth wasn't necessarily like behind my why and wasn't something that I needed. And I had to remind myself of that because it's easy to get hooked into just like what you should be doing in that space. But if you connect with like really why you're wanting to show up and then you can find if connect those values to how much time you actually want to be spending in that space and what you'll be doing in that space when you're on there. I think that it's 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 important to have those boundaries either by batch working or carving out space or just giving yourself permission to not do it because you don't have to be doing it, right? Like it's something that we want to be clear about what our why is if we're showing up there. I couldn't agree more. And in terms of batch working, it reminds me of a metaphor that I sometimes use with my clients um, when they're having anxiety or an experience that's overwhelming them. And I tell them, you know, you have a time and a place where you have a plan to address and work through this in your next session with me. So Mm -hmm. really deeply process it versus feel little bits here and there all throughout your week that are driving you a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's basically the same theory behind batch working is instead of it just kind of being like a constant intruder all week, like, oh, I should really do this. What am I going to do about this? It's having a reserved time to go all in more deeply and productively um, Mm, during that batching time. So it feels so much less overwhelming. It's not hanging there over my head. um, And I've really enjoyed it. And similar to you, well, also, I know that we're both creative. And so I love my Fridays because it's the time that I tap into that creative side of me. And like you said, Instagram for me has brought so many 
connections and opportunities that I don't think I would have had otherwise. I mean, even being on this podcast right now, probably. (laughs) So yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah. Okay. So what about, because obviously Instagram is not the only way that we're mark that we're engaging in marketing. Um, and so do you also like use your Fridays for, I don't know, other things that you would, in, you would sort of include under the umbrella of marketing. So like, for instance, for me, that's having a podcast or writing for maybe being a guest blogger on somebody's blog. Um, or it might even be a day that I leave open to meet up with a colleague for lunch, right? Who a colleague that I want to invest in, um, because it's somebody that I care about and it's somebody who's also a great referral source. And so are Fridays sort of like, just like your in general creative, but also marketing day, or how are you integrating other elements of marketing into your, into your week? Absolutely. So Fridays are when I schedule networking meetings with other local therapists. Um, I'm working on a creative project with another brand. So that is um, taking up some of my Friday time. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually on the board of directors for a nonprofit that supports um, building healthy families and marriages called Your Centerpiece. Mm-hmm. So all of my um, meetings with them, I try to schedule on Fridays. Yep. Yep. Okay. Awesome. All right. So any other sort of like systems or time hacks that we haven't touched on yet that you are like, okay, people need to know about this, or this is something that has really been supportive to you in your business and your private practice? Yeah. Um, well, I would definitely say, like we said, the batch working, the apps and the um, practice management systems are crucial. Yeah. Um, those are probably my top time hacks that I'm using now. Yeah. Yeah. And so are there like in terms of burnout, right? Like let's talk about that. I think we can't talk about time management without talking also about burnout. (laughs) Okay. So for you, what are some of the signs and symptoms that like you are either already burnt out or you're heading there? And then from your experience with that, because I'm just going to assume you've been there because I think we all have as um, business owners doing this kind of work. What, what, what typically at that point do you either reflect on or find yourself feeling like you need to shift or change in terms of time management? Like, are those the moments that you're like, okay, I need to come back to like looking at my schedule and seeing how my schedule is reflecting my values and boundaries? Um, so yeah, maybe starting off with like, what are some of those signs and symptoms for you? Um, and, and then kind of what you do in response. Yes. I'm really glad you asked that. I was actually just thinking about that this week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I feel that when I am starting to approach burnout, I have this internal dialogue of, I hope that no one asks any more of me. (laughs) Mm. Like, I notice that when I get texts from people that I anticipate asking something, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so yeah. kind of like my reaction when I know I've taken on too much and I just simply kind of witness that in myself and know that it's time to make some shifts and so that yes. I can get back into the place where I can accept those opportunities um, for different things without feeling like burdened by them. Yeah. So that's, my internal dialogue and the feeling I experience when I'm approaching burnout. As far as protective factors, 
against burnout, I would say definitely boundaries with how many clients that you're willing to see in a mm. week. Yeah. I've determined that my max is six per day. So I don't open up um, slots for more than six people per day. And if I'm honest, my sweet spot is probably more like four to five. <laughs> so. Yeah. I've observed that when therapists try to exceed their personal client limit and overschedule, they're just not being the best therapist they can be. And it's because they're human and this work is emotionally taxing. And what I've found is that it actually hurts retention rates and reputation Mm -hmm. overall. Therapists do this. And so I'm just a really strong believer that limiting your client load so that you can serve as a high quality therapist results in clients coming back week after week and telling all their friends and family about you and, and you get to feel good about your work and avoid burnout. So it's a win-win for everyone, as long as you don't get hooked into that loop of scarcity mindset, like we talked about. Yep. Oh, I cannot agree more. And I think that, yeah, scarcity mindset will come in and whisper like, you know, and it's connected to fear, fear like of financial security, fear of like not um, having enough clients, but also just like not being enough for people. Like if, if, if somebody really wants to see me on a certain day and I know that like if I schedule that person, I'm going to be seeing way too many clients, there can be that sense of like, oh, I should, I should just do it. Right. Because then I'm, I'm serving them. I'm, I'm supporting them. Um, but it's just, it doesn't serve them at the end of the day, it doesn't serve them or it ends up hurting other clients that I'm seeing at the end of the day after seeing, gosh, seven, eight clients. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And I I know that for some people they can see more and they actually want to see more on less days and have more days that are open because that just fits their life. And so there, there really is not a one size fits all model for this. I really do think that putting in the work of identifying what your ideal week looks like, what your values are, and how your schedule is now reflecting those values, putting time in, like considering your administrative tasks and all the other parts of your business, like marketing, when you're looking at your schedule and other elements of your life, like if you're a parent and um, or your partner's schedule, and how are we going to negotiate this so that it can actually work for all of us? Um, that's why in the in the course Modern Therapist Academy, the whole there the whole first like module is all about that. Um, cause I think that you have to get there first before you get into all the other stuff, like finding an office, designing your office, protecting your business, client notes, and what to include informed consent and marketing and branding. Like at the, at the beginning, we have to just know what it is that we're creating and the foundation of the business. Um, and when it's in alignment with your values and your life, you are in such a better position to create a solid business. Mm-hmm. I agree. For you, for your family, um, it, it it relates to the financial security piece, all of those things. And I know that for myself, once I really considered my schedule and I considered how much better of a clinician I was when I was actually being thoughtful about my boundaries, I then felt more confident in upping my fee, right? And so now my fee is also reflected in the work that I know that it is that I am doing and offering to my clients. And also it's reflective of what I want my schedule to look like. And 
you know, I also want to be accessible. So I have a sliding scale, but I'm also very clear in terms of my fee, what that can look like and how often I can offer that. Um, And so one of the things in the course that I developed as well was like a formula for how we can actually figure that out based on our ideal schedule, based on what we want sliding scale to look like. And if that is something that's important to us, Um, but at the end of the day, what we should be charging, what we're worth charging, how that reflects our schedule and how that reflects where we can be movable in terms of that, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much um, empowerment in, you know, feeling confident in your fee, feeling confident in your boundaries and your schedule. I think that in itself speaks volumes. Mm, Yes. Okay. So Mary Beth, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all of this and sharing your own journey and your own experiences and like giving us some real tangible like time hacks and tips and tricks. Where can people find you and continue to follow your work? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at your journey through um, or through my website at yourjourneythrough.com. And it's been really nice talking about this with you. I could talk about private practice management all day long. So thank you for having <laughs> me. Me too. <laughs> me too. I love, I love this kind of stuff. And I love being able to like share these conversations in a public platform with other therapists. Cause I just, I think that there's so much we can be learning from each other. And I learned a lot from you today, which is so fun. Thank you, Mary Beth. Again, I will be in including all those links so you can find Mary Beth in the show notes. Again, Mary Beth, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that we had a time to connect on our Friday, our creative day. (laughs) Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. Ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Click the link in the show notes for Modern Therapist Academy, a comprehensive e-course to support you in building and growing your private practice. Thank you for inviting me and my guests into your day. Be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear when new episodes launch. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.